Welcome to another episode of Real Life Fiction. I am Matt James with Conundrum Publishing, international best-selling author of the Jack Riley Adventure Series. And today I will be talking to author and graphic designer David Behrens. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Thanks for coming on the show. I am good, man. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, for those that don't know who you are, um, give the viewer a little bit of a background into who David Barons is. Okay. Uh, so I'm actually a, I have a day job. I'm a writer and also a tennis pro. Um, and I've been doing that now for 24 years. So that's, that's my career of choice. Uh, I enjoy doing it. So it's, uh, it's, it's been a really good choice for me. Um, the writing came along a little later in my career. Um, I did actually go to school. I went to college for English education, originally planning to be a teacher. Um, then somehow I got into tennis and it, it took off and I just kind of went, went away from teaching. So, But I do have an English background and I, I've always had writing in my life. Um, I did not know about independent publishing until much later in my writing career. So I wrote a book in 1992, um, way before any of this happened with, with Kindle or, or Amazon or anything oh, yeah. like that. Yeah, that yeah. self-pub wasn't even a thought back then. Yeah, but there was a small company called CreateSpace that I figured out I could, um, eventually I figured out I could publish this book. And so I guess that was my original, but it wasn't to sell to the broad public. It was just so I could get, actual paperback copies to share with friends and family and that kind of thing. Yep. So I started back then, but everybody's like, Oh, wow, you've been doing it forever. No, there was a big, a big giant lag in there where I just didn't write a lot because I just, I had tennis going on and other things. Sure. Yeah. And there's this thing called family. Uh, there's, like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I That's have two right. girls uh, at nine and five. I got a house, I got a wife, I got I got life. So it's yes. like, uh, believe yeah. it or not, that does take up some time. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I have two kids as well. I have a, a four-year-old boy and a, a six-year-old girl and right. then I'm married and we have two, we have a dog and a cat. So, yeah, and two fish, and you know, it's all that stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I used to have a 120 gallon freshwater <laughs> fish tank and that was quite literally a third child. Yes. Uh, that was yes. probably the dumbest thing I ever did when it comes to like that type of not like life-threatening responsibility but of like right. wow that's a good idea and then i'm yeah. like oh my god i gotta take like an hour out of my day every single day to maintain this thing yeah um, we started with a beta it. yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and then it grew and grew so yeah no yes. i went i went big like my my oh. my father-in-law is a big fisherman and yeah so my wife grew up with fish in the house all the time when it came to that was just like a part of like they always had a bird they had fish and yeah. um, I had never had uh, fish growing up and I was, you know, a dog family. And uh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, let's get fish. <laughs> so I bought a 40 gallon tank. Uh, I didn't buy like a cup. I went yeah. 40 gallon tank. Big. Yep. And then it went to like 60 and then it went to 120. And at one point we had all three tanks running in the house. Oh my gosh. Because oh. <laughs> I'm like, well, I can't, I have different types of fish that will just beat each other up. Yeah, you know, you have to be very careful. Yep. I like African cichlids, so they were gorgeous, mm. but they're aggressive. But if we put them together, they're okay because they're all aggressive. They're all like that, right? And That's then right. I had other, and I'm like, 
I'm like, this is getting out of hand. And then I got the yeah. dragon, then I got the bird, then oh my guinea gosh. pigs. We're, and then I we're slowly but surely, yeah, we're we're slowly but surely losing the fish. Yeah, they they've been here for <laughs> with us for a long time, and we're not replacing them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they go, yeah. they go. Yeah, and then I had the kids, and then it's down to one dog and a cat, and yep. um, that's that's it. That's all I got time for. <laughs> that's enough. That is enough. So it's funny you, you say. So I, I was actually uh, I actually managed a pro shop in a bowling alley for twenty years. Or 20, oh yeah, twelve years. Uh, twelve years. Sorry, I don't want to say twenty, but uh, twelve years. But uh, I had done that for almost my entire adult life. Yeah. Uh, and then various injuries, back stuff, hand stuff, uh, just kind of burned me out. I'm like, this, this sucks. I'm destroying my body for this. But, uh, I was, uh, technically the house pro and then ran that for about 12 years. And, uh, that's, uh, my background right out of high school. I was hired on to do that. Cause I was, I was pretty good, pretty young. And then, uh, so writing for me, yeah, writing for me didn't, uh, start until, uh, about my late twenties, I'd say I was like yeah. 29. Yeah. So okay. I'm 38 now. So yeah, late twenties, I started putting together my first book. Okay. And uh, for this whole fact that I told my wife, I was like sick to death of like the mistakes that like movies were making mm -hmm. with like certain yeah. scenes. And like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, it'd be better from this camera angle or this or that. And she just got sick of it and said, why don't you just write a book? <laughs> do why your you own. Do, yeah. Yeah. Do, oh, you do, do it. Yeah. You do it. And I'm like, yeah. OK. <laughs> All right. Exactly. I think I will. Yeah, I think I will. And then, you know, it, it, you realize what you're getting into and you're like, oh, <laughs> all right. First Should have thought books, this through. Yeah. <laughs> stories were great. The books themselves yeah. weren't. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, we all have need, that too. Yeah. You need time to hone the craft. I, I, That's I, completely, right. yeah. I completely get it. Um, mm -hmm. So specifically your uh, Ryan Bodine, your newer series that you're releasing right now, I see um, yeah. Havana Nights and uh, eventually uh, Atlantis Rising. Yeah. Um, that is a spinoff of your other more, I guess, prominent series, which would be the Troy Bodine, right? That's correct. Yes. Troy Bodine uh, started yeah. um, started the whole thing off. Um, and as writers do, you know, I created characters within that series that I felt like were very strong characters in their own right. And so I thought, hmm, I'll, I'll take this character and give them their own side story. You know, I let them escape the Troy Bodine line and mm -hmm. and eventually, you know, have their own have their own adventures. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit, little bit about Troy? Because I like yeah. the fact that you call them tropical thrillers, which I think is. Yeah. I, I love the <laughs> that idea. I, I have a couple of friends that are kind of in that similar. I, I guess you'd say similar genre. It's the action adventure stuff, but they do really focus yeah. on that on that island life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, that's the that's yeah. the goal. I I read when I was kind of getting into thrillers. The very first thing I read was Jack Reacher. You know. So it's this rambling sort of character, mm -hmm. but I've also had a, a love of the ocean and a love of the beach and that, you know, we go to the beach once every year, at least sometimes twice. And with, with Troy, my thought was, okay, he's the rambler, but maybe he's not so polished as Jack Reacher. You know, Jack Reacher can, can stare at you and stare you down, but Troy is a little more just laid back, unassuming. He's that, he's that Island beach bum. And unfortunately, um, he's always kind of stumbling into some sort of crime thriller, you know, some sort of crime has happened, something's been stolen or something, somebody's been killed and he gets in the middle of it and somehow has to figure it out and save everybody. On top of that, when you sort of write that tropical or Florida fiction type book, 
it's supposed to be a little bit wacky. Um, you know, Florida yeah. itself lends itself to that sort of wild and untamed and wacky and bizarre. So it, it rides the line. Know, I'm in Florida and I don't know why we're like that, but we are. It just happens. <laughs> it are. happens I mean, that every, way. What is the headline? Yeah. Florida man. Yeah. Does. Blah, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> I've been here my whole life and I don't, I'm not like, I'm like, what happened? Like, what is going? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's and completely I, true. It's completely true. But I, I just don't know where it comes from. <laughs> I, I love it because when I see a headline like that, I think, oh, there's. There's my inciting incident. You know, man gets eaten by alligator. And that appeared in one of my later books. And it literally was a Florida headline. So, you know, life imitates art or art imitates life. I don't know which one. A uh, little of both. Yeah. <laughs> little of both. Little of both. But uh, but that yeah, Ryan was an opportunity for me to go off into an action adventure series that was a little less sort of Florida fictiony, a little less sort of zany and bizarre. So he's kind of he's kind of more straight laced and it's more about like okay, there's there's a cool artifact or something that he's after. There's some bad guys that are kind of Illuminati or shady and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. So it's a little bit more of a thriller and has some of those action adventure elements in it. Cool, cool. Very good. And, and mm -hmm. I mean, we're going to talk about this, but I got to say the, the covers are freaking gorgeous, man. Thank uh, you. I appreciate the Ryan, that. The, the, I mean, they all are, but the Ryan Bodine covers, the new ones you did are gorgeous. Thank uh, you very much. I absolutely love them. Um, I mean... Tell us a little bit about that because we've we've spoken off camera about that because I do I do book covers yeah. as well. And mm -hmm. we both we both had the exact same reasoning. We were like, it's kind of cool. I wonder if I can do it. I really don't want to yeah. pay someone else. <laughs> so that, it's like that's it. Uh yeah. When I started, I, I mean yeah. that's the way I approached it. I I didn't, you know, a cover is a fairly significant uh investment if you go to some uh, professional. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And at that time there really weren't a lot of people doing it. Um, Stuart Bache was like kind of the, the sort of the big name that was doing sort of Mark Dawson and he even had done some mm -hmm. for Stephen King. And so I, I literally kind of just followed that path, but I didn't have the money to hire him. And so I just kind of said, well, I know enough about Photoshop. I can kind of throw something together and I can look at the other books and make it look like that. And that's literally what I did. Well, mm -hmm. the impetus to actually start doing it more seriously and and do it myself and for others was was started by Mark Dawson and the self-publishing show. Um, they had a thing called Book Lab. Their very first Book Lab, they invited me to come on and they would look at the cover, the Amazon page, the blurb, and maybe the look inside. And they had an expert and Stuart Bache was one of the experts. Oh, wow. And then they looked at my cover and he was like, you know, this is really not bad. You know, maybe you could do this and this, but this is actually pretty good. You know, it's not too bad. And so I took that and started working on my cover and working on my cover and I've redone it 5,000 times. Somebody sees my cover and they go, who did it? And I say, I did. Oh, would you be willing to do mine? And so on and so on. And then all of a sudden it's sort of turned into a business. You know, I said, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to put up a, you know, put up a website and make sure people know that I'm a professional and here's, here's what I ask for, you know, as far as money and packages mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So. Sure. It really did. It turned into sort of another uh, another career. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've, I've seen the ones you've done for a mutual friend of ours, for uh, Nick Thacker, um, mm -hmm. for his, his uh, when he re did a big republish and uh, uh, advertised blast for his uh, Harvey Bennett series. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, these are these are fantastic. And then that's when he's like, yeah, my buddy Dave does it. I'm like, Barron's? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, 
Okay, because mm-hmm. yeah. uh, I was like, I'm like, I, I knew the name. I knew you as far as like the writer. But yeah. uh, I wasn't aware, mostly because I don't look for cover artists just because yeah. I just do it myself. But uh, right. I was the same way. I uh, I am proud, but also kind of ashamed. I don't use Photoshop because I didn't want to pay for it. And uh, yeah. so uh, I'm going to be getting into it shortly just because I need to. It's one of those things I just need to get into just because there's there's so much more depth to it. There's so much more. Yeah. Uh, I have zero background in this, so I'm like the worst when it comes to talking tech. But uh, <laughs> I, I, I just I what? just know like the the upload and everything is just better quality and it's just nicer. But um, yeah. I uh, um, I just got into I, I literally looked up free Photoshop programs and found GIMP, so GIMP or whatever yeah. it's called, yeah, mm-hmm. GIMP, GNU yeah. micro uh, something image ma- manipulation program. G- right, GIMP. that's right. Yep. And I started using that just to get the hang of it and kind of figure out what am I doing, and uh, for what I need, mm-hmm. it works. But yeah. I'm outgrowing it as my ideas and my i guess my ability is getting better yeah um so yeah i'll be uh i'll be digging in or diving in to the uh uh photoshop world shortly hopefully it's not a massive change uh there there's a there's a learning curve like anything else but the the amazing thing these days is the resources to learn it Mm -hmm. are all on youtube and there are there are actually um I don't know what's happening behind me there. No, there are lots of people who have courses that are, you know, very cheap and they're very professional. And the idea there is you can just literally Google it and say, how do I do this in Photoshop? And you'll find all the resources you need. Yeah, that's how I learned Jamp. I literally just did. I literally, I didn't spend a dime on Mm -hmm. teaching. I literally just YouTubed everything. There's God knows how many tutorials out there for this stuff. And that's just, <laughs> sure. a, that's just that program. Yeah. Uh, Photoshop being the more predominant program, I'd imagine there's going to be even more. I've just never looked into it because I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. There are tons. There are lots of, oh, there's yeah. tons, tons of information and they can, you, you literally could be like, well, how do I, you know, erase this corner of this thing? And you can put that in YouTube and you'll come up with 10,000 good yeah. videos on it. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. I love to um, kind of dive in. This is probably like the the deepest part of the show. But uh, okay. before we get into that, I did say I was going to do this off camera. <laughs> if you guys are enjoying this show, please subscribe, like the podcast. If you're listening uh, on the audio version, if you are on YouTube, please subscribe. More subscribers we get, the longer we can continue to do this. I really do appreciate it. I really do enjoy this. This is fun because um, I love being able to bounce ideas back and forth off of uh, different people within the industry. Um, and I will be having uh, not just authors on. I actually will have, without disrespecting my good friend Dave, probably the best <laughs> cover artist I know, period. Uh, and um, I really... Probably shouldn't reveal who it is until he's confirmed to come on, but we have not scheduled anything because of the uh, distance from when from whence he lives from mm. me. So time zones and how busy he is. So uh, I'll clue you in off camera, Dave, but I wanted to kind of tease that. But uh, okay. I also have a really, really awesome uh, treat in the next uh, couple of shows I have scheduled is uh, Matthew Crow, who is the voice of Jack mm. Riley. So yep. he is the guy that narrates my Jack Riley series. So I am going to be super pumped to talk to him because I know I'm just going to geek out when I hear his voice because uh, <laughs> I, I think he just does a bang up job in the series. And I, yeah. I just I need to pick his brain uh, because 
I just need to. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of that's the dork, good. that's yeah, that's the dork in me. I really, really need to talk to him uh, specifically about my stuff, which is so it's going to be a big old show and podcast about me. So nice, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> yeah, I know. But uh, what I like is the uh, the influences. So what has driven you uh, to like specifically like the genre that uh, I, I believe that every author has like a specific genre that they're just like more comfortable in which is yeah. which is is key because there are some amazing uh, uh amazingly versatile writers out there who can really like dive back and forth and jump back and forth between genres the problem is is the reader doesn't always do that so yeah. a lot of the time you you alienate your base when you want to go off on a little bit of a different path and, yeah. and i've done it i think we've all done it and mm -hmm. but Obviously, from what I can see, that like action thriller, action adventure thriller is definitely something that you have an affinity for. Yeah, yeah. I I began my sort of um, my reading career began, like I said, with Jack Reacher, and that's because my stepdad would just hand me his book. You know, he'd be done with it, and he would say, "Here's the next one. Here's the next one." We kind of went through there. But then when I picked up a book on my own, the very first book I picked up was Tyrannosaur Canyon. Oh, okay. um, that's a little bit of an older book. Uh, it's part of, you know, if you're familiar with Lincoln Child and Douglas Preston, mm -hmm. they write quite a bit together. Um, the first book in their big series was Relic, which was turned into yep. the movie Reliquary yep. and so on. So that series, yeah, that the, whole the thing. Pendergast. Yeah, the Pendergast. The Pendergast, uh, that's right. Yeah, yep. Pendergast. And, okay. and those were the books where I just like, oh, this, this is really, I want the next one. Like right now, I want to read the next mm -hmm. one. I want to read the next one. And when I began thinking that I could actually write stories, that's exactly where I went. Um, okay. You know, Matt, Matthew Riley and James Rollins. Yeah. Yeah. Um, those are the big ones. You know, James Rollins, when the Sigma books come out, I get it mm -hmm. immediately. And it's funny that you were talking about your narrator because now I actually consume way more audiobooks. So I used oh, to be, of, you know, yeah. used to be the, the hardback guy and then I was the paperback guy and then I was the Kindle guy. I still like my Kindle. Um, mm -hmm. But now I pretty much are, I'm Audible and, you know, the uh, the library app. So when it comes out, just download it. Um, and I think I think that's why I'm familiar and comfortable in that genre more than any others. I have other books in other genres, but they just don't seem to resonate like these do. Yeah. And, and for me, it's more um, as the reader, not as the writer. The writer, it's it's obvious. I mean, yeah, <laughs> my office is Graham Cracker Brown because it's the color. <laughs> It's the color of adventure. It's like, it is. it's the sands, it's the Middle East, it's Egypt. Yes. It's, you know, it's very indie, it's very uncharted. And that's that's right. That's the whole point. I'm a dork with this stuff. But, uh, <laughs> but for me, it's more of the pace, to be honest. The action adventure yeah. pacing is more, I don't, they don't necessarily have to be like, 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 like balls to the walls, nuts 24 seven. But yeah. what I love about the action adventure genre is they just kind of keep going. They never really mm -hmm. like, they never really like dip. And I mean, if yeah. they do, then, you know, I, I don't want to call out the author, but I, for me, they just shouldn't dip. Um, yeah. And I think that's a lot of it too, is it's, it's a, my attention span is garbage, but, um, <laughs> but it's also that I love, what happened? I, I want to know what happens next. And I need, right. and I, and, and I like that feeling of being drawn into the story because it just doesn't stop. Yeah. And the, the guy that I, or the two guys that I really, really, really learned that from were uh, Matthew Riley, which is where the name Jack Riley comes from. Uh, okay. Matthew Riley, Jack West Jr. 
Um, yeah, I gotcha. The Jack West Jr. series, the Scarecrow series, uh, yeah. the, the Great Zoo of China. Um, you, you can go through his portfolio, and that, that's one thing that he does is he goes nuts with the action. Yeah. But he yeah. also does the, the world travel that I love, and he does the mythology and the lore. Um, but the other guy would be Jeremy Robinson. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Jeremy, uh, I did some um, arc and like beta reading for him before I ever wrote my first book. And uh, oh, wow. so I really got to see the inside of kind of like, I guess, more of the inside of his head um, mm -hmm. to, I guess, men, you know, have a mentor to have somebody to learn from, which was great. Yeah. And uh, his uh, first time I read Pulse, the first book of his chess team series, the Jack Ziegler series, I was floored because I'm like, wow, you really can mix like four different genres into one book. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And make it work. I'm like, wow, this is mm -hmm. great. And then uh, before chess team, I actually discovered was uh, Antarctos Rising, which um, is still mm. probably one of my top three favorite titles he's ever penned. And uh, that just introduced a whole nother world, more a little more fantasy, but it introduced a ton yeah. of like biblical history. Uh, mm -hmm. and again, action was nuts. So I'm like, wow. Yeah. But the one thing that he's great at, which is what I try to do is I, I keep everything incredibly focused on the characters. I mm -hmm. want these, I want these readers to like fall in love with every little piece of backstory that this character has. Yeah. Um, and, and that's also a part of the action adventure genre, I think is, is the characters, you know, it's, it's yeah. not so much like the monster in some mm -hmm. of the creature feature stuff or the, the technology in the tech thrillers and like the sci-fi it's the people. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, when you think of yeah. think of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you don't think necessarily about the art. No. You know, you're thinking about Indiana Jones. So it's that yeah. it's that character that you all know and love and you you hope that he wins in the end. And that makes you want to want even more of that story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I attribute that to like uh, uh, the Mummy 99. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, one of the best action adventure movies I've ever seen. But Brendan Fraser sold it. You know, yeah. it's like he owned the role. He is Rick yeah. O'Connell. And it's like Harrison Ford is Indy. You know, these yeah. guys are just they own the role and it comes off on screen. And then, of course, the fan just attaches to the character. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I absolutely loved it. it, it it's like it. So as far as that's concerned. So like like me, I'm very movie oriented. So mm -hmm. I grew up watching this stuff before I started writing this stuff, obviously. And, and so did you. But um, yeah. were there like specific movies that like or even video games. Cause I'm, I'm a fiend for like the uncharted games and stuff. So, yeah. and, and, and tomb Raider, but um, were there like movies that were just like that? Do they stick with you? And you're like, it, it's kind of like, man, like I owe everything to, to, to like indie and I owe everything yeah. to like uncharted. And it's like, uh, is there anything like that in your life when it comes to, as far as you as a writer? Yes. So I, the Indiana Jones movies, of course um, I was, I was sort of, you know, I'm, I'm 51 which I was born in the seventies, you know, early seventies. And so I grew up when star Wars was hitting and when mm -hmm. of course, Indiana Jones was hitting and all that. I mean, I literally, when Indiana Jones came out, I literally made a bullwhip out of rope and I had my mom buy me a pistol at that time. They looked real, you know, you can't do yeah. that anymore, no. but I had the hat. I had everything. I mean, you know, we're talking about a 12, 13 year old boy with these, this gear to be Indiana Jones. Sure. So much like you said, you know, I mean, that was, I, I wanted to be that guy. Hmm. And you know, that to me, those movies probably do as much for my writing as anything else does. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely been a heavy influence. Oh yeah. As far as, yeah. As, far as like, um, you know, my favorite movie actually goes off genre a little bit. Um, I like the fifth element. It's one of my <laughs> favorite all time <laughs> movies. 
Yeah. And man, it's, we need to hang out more. <laughs> it's just, yeah, you know, but it's one of those movies that you don't, you, you're, you're kind of expecting one thing and you get something completely different, you know, in the end and just visually just yeah. unbelievable. Um, you know, it's if just kind of one of those sci-fi things. movie that is truly an action adventure movie. It's the fifth element. Yeah, for sure. It, it has every, every piece that a mm -hmm. typical action adventure movie would have, but yeah. it just happens to be, you know, outer space in, in the future. And when you really, when you dig in, like you said, it's the characters, you know, it's, it's yeah. the, it's the two, it's Bruce Willis and, um, Mila Jovovich, you know, their, their characters carry that movie. Oh, and it yeah. doesn't matter that it's a weird sort of French sci-fi movie. It just still mm -hmm. sells as a great story. Yeah, Luc so. Besson, uh, Luc Besson, who who directed and wrote that movie, is just he was he's just a mad genius. I, I just yeah. I actually talked to him for a little bit on Instagram, which was kind of cool. And then um, that is cool. His uh his account he deleted his account probably. I, I don't I don't know. I, I'm I'm not like a either. friend, so I couldn't tell you. But <laughs> right. when uh, when Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets came out. And um, I read into it more. I, I I knew it was a French comic book, but mm -hmm. I, I didn't understand why it was such a big deal to Luke. Um, yeah. And when I read the story about it and realized that that was actually what he pitched mm -hmm. instead of The Fifth Element, right. you know, 25 years ago, and it was denied. Uh, it, yeah. uh, it, it, it was a, an idea they didn't want. So then he came up with his own like story which ended up being the fifth element and right and then i was and then 20 years later he was able to make valerian which i thought was phenomenal i thought it was another one of those spectacles where i was just like wow yeah, yeah visually you know, visually it was just it was gorgeous and uh mm -hmm. and i was like enthralled and i still am and and uh who did i talk to i talked to um rich is uh, rf blackstone and we mm. he's a movie nut like i am and and i said on on facebook i put together a top five greatest movies list uh yeah based on like my personal opinion and uh raiders was number one and fifth element was number two yeah. and That's and people pretty... are like fifth i'm like based on who i am people are like fifth <laughs> element really and yeah I'm like, what? what's that yeah i'm like that that was an easy number two like that yeah. was three four and five were difficult one and two yeah. was, was, was like so easy to put together yeah, uh, and three ended up being the Mummy ninety nine, which that should have been an easier selection than it was, but it, it ended still, up yeah. But uh, yeah, I just some of these movies, like I would love to write stuff like that, like with these space mm -hmm. operas. Um, I just don't have the depth for it. Yeah, I just don't like I, I when I see like these fantasy novels and these sci fi novels where people are creating their their entire universe. Yeah, that seems so exhausting. <laughs> It's, it's like, gotta be, yeah. God, I'm like everything yeah. that you're created down to like their like mannerisms and like their traditions yeah. and their speech, right? Is their religions, their past, everything. their history, their ancestry. Yeah, it's like, I don't yeah. want to do that. <laughs> that's a lot. That is a that's lot. A, that's a ton. That's a ton. Yeah. I can't imagine doing that, but I know. No, that's yeah. awesome. So, so speaking of this, like when you decide to write the next Ryan Bodine thriller. Uh -huh. um what does it look like 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 i'm very visual so yeah i'm sure you are as a as, a, as an artist so as a cover mm -hmm. guy i see images and go i want to write about this <laughs> yes yep. and it's just as simple as the, the one thing i do is i see a picture of a gorgeous fjord in norway and go i want to write a book in norway <laughs> yeah yeah that's, and then I can that's figure out what the heck i'm gonna do in norway <laughs> right and then you got to figure out why you're gonna get there and how you're gonna get there and all that and i imagine yeah, no, it's I the same way I do the same thing. I, I often, I know this is completely backwards, but these days 
I often I, I read an article that maybe somebody posts on Facebook or somebody mm -hmm. like shows me from National Geographic or something of this sort of unexplained thing. Um, you know, and I, then I look into it a little bit more and then I go, oh, that's kind of cool. And, you know, everyone's done Atlantis that I know of. Mm -hmm. However, yeah, there is a very cool, <laughs> there's a, there's a very cool thing that I had no idea about it. You know, they, of course, people have different sites that they've thought of that might be Atlantis mm -hmm. or what was the inspiration for Atlantis. Well, there's a, a statue called the Christ of the Abyss. And there are about four or six of these around the, around the globe underwater and so what you'll see if you google it at christ of the abyss is is a very jesus figure doing this looking up okay. and it's a huge statue underwater they're all underwater they're all basically the same exact statue just in various points around the globe well it occurred to me that there were four that i could draw you know a crisscross on and it just so happened that the point where they intersected landed on a potential atlantis site so that just gave me all kinds of cool actual historical or actual scientific things to sort of throw into the novel. Now, when it comes to Atlantis, you've got a little bit of material, but you don't have a lot. So you start Googling it and you start looking into it. And there are cults today that believe they are descendants of Atlanteans. And they're a little bit creepy. They're a little bit strange. So I'm totally, totally alienated half your half the YouTube audience just there. But you but so you start, you know, and just pieces come together and you start to Google something and you go, that's really cool. How does that work with this? And puzzles come together and you you can use, you can blend in fiction when you need to because of what we do. We can go in the, you know, and I often do in the back or in the front, say, here's the historical record. Here's what actually exists. Mm -hmm. And here are the parts that I took liberty with. And it often just comes from just, you know, seeing a picture, like I said, of, of the Christ of the abyss. Yeah. Um, and so I start looking into that and I go, wait, there's more than one. Okay, where are they? So I get out a map and I put them on the map and then I draw a crisscross and go, well, that's interesting. So it, one thing leads to another and I go, okay, how are these all related? What does it mean? What's the big story? What's the, you know, why does the, the bad guy want this? Why does the good guy want this? And so on. And, and you and I had talked about this. I, I'm sort of a dedicated outliner mm -hmm. when it comes to writing. I used to just, start and write into the dark or write, um, you know, I used to be a pantser, they call sure. it. Yeah. And so I didn't know that that's what it's called. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew I that I was going to write. Viewers, uh, the, the, the viewers watching this are very familiar with the word pantser by now. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> mentioned on every show. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and that's the way I started, you know, I knew that I wanted to get from this point to that point. And sure. I knew that I only had a limited amount of time to do it, you know, 300 pages, 400 pages, whatever it might be. So, I did it without without an outline and I would often get stuck two thirds of the way through the book. I'd be like, I have no idea where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea how to get from A to B. Yeah. So I I unfortunately said, you know what I do it. I need to at least give myself a roadmap. Mm -hmm. And so the next couple of books I gave myself like, here's what's going to happen in chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And then I got to be where I like, well, I'm I'm a dad, full time worker full-time husband, full-time parent. I, when I put it down, I've got to come back with knowing exactly what has already happened and what needs to happen. So my outlines are often now 10 to 15,000 words. Um, and that might be overkill, but it allows me to come back to the draft and go, okay, I know exactly where I am. Even if I had to stop in the middle of a sentence, you know, sure. somebody 
somebody gets out of bed or, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where when I come back, if I've got a very detailed roadmap, I can write faster. So I don't have to yeah. go back, you know, go, okay, where am I? Where is, where is Ryan right now? Where is Megan? I don't know where they are. I can't remember where I left them. But if yeah. I have that de detailed roadmap, that detailed outline, I can jump right back in and I know where everybody's supposed to be. Yeah, no, and I completely understand that. I completely get it. I, I probably when I first started writing, I didn't understand that that was like important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I, I don't outline as densely, but I, I won't tell you I don't outline at all. So yeah, m my thing is I always know what like the overall idea is going to be for the book. Yeah. Um, you know, like whether it's a relic, whether it's a lost city, whether it's mm -hmm. who knows. Uh, yeah. So then it's and obviously being very visual, I know location um, mm -hmm. or roundabout. But it's kind of one of those situations where like I'll do enough research to to be confident knowing that there's enough of a story here. Yeah. Um, I won't do enough research to the point to where. I feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's just coming from somebody that just wants to write as many books as he can. Mm -hmm. So it's probably more of me just wanting to get more stories out for my readers yeah. and just for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and it is something that I'm, I'm putting more time into writing. I always show people everything I do is on yellow ledger pads. Yeah. So it's like super old school. It's just short, you know, short, you know, handwritten notes. Um, mm -hmm. I, I really don't like doing, uh, anything on computer when it comes to notes, uh, mostly because I forget it's there. Yeah. Um, I'm better with handwritten stuff. I just, I remember it, or at least I remember that I wrote something that is like, yeah. semi-useful Yeah, and I'll outline two, three, four chapters ahead just to kind of give me a little bit of that roadmap. But I kind of mm -hmm. like, I kind of like the idea of letting the story develop on its own because yeah. I can tell you right now, I can't tell you how many books that I've had like a, an idea of where I was going and then said to hell with it. This is a better idea as I'm writing it. <laughs> oh, and, yeah. and, and like, I've done that with my current book, uh, that I'm, I'm now editing, which is, uh, the, Un the undying kingdom from uh, Jack mm. Riley. It's the fourth book in the series. And, um, it's my journey with Shangri-La okay. and, uh, there are parts in that book that four or five weeks ago didn't didn't exist in my head until yeah. I was writing it going, oh, that works. Yeah. Oh, that really works. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, I have to go back and fix a few things earlier in the book to kind of make mention of it, to kind of tease it. Right. But it's mm -hmm. like, I'm not, I'm not, a, a, I'm not afraid to do that probably just because I've done it so much, but it's like, yeah. I feel like if I, this is just my personal feeling. Cause I mean, like you, like I know a lot of guys that do outline like heavily and, mm -hmm. and they do great. So it, it's, there's yeah. no, there's no right or wrong way. I right. would suggest outlining a little. So, I mean, I've done it where I said, yeah, let's just write. And then I got halfway into the book going, where the hell am I going? Yeah. Where <laughs> is like, this headed? Yeah. Where yeah. is this headed? This was a great idea, but now I'm a little kind of, I'm a little shook because I don't know where this story is going. Exactly. I, yeah, It's oh. funny you bring up Atlantis like that, because that was the, the the whole basis of my first series, which is now I don't write because I didn't plan it out accordingly. And uh, <laughs> I'm the first person to admit it. Uh, yeah. I, I got four books into that series. Uh, and I was like, I, I don't really like where this is going or I'm not confident yeah. knowing where it's going. Yeah. And, uh, man, that was, 
it got like really supernatural, got really like superhuman. It got really oh, yeah. like, because it was supposed to be based on uh, ancient Atlanteans who have inhuman powers and whatever yeah. and their tech and whatever. So, I mean, it worked in the series, but it was like, as I'm writing it, I'm going, man, I, I feel like I'm a little over my skis right now. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's <laughs> like, so, I mean, yeah, like I, I, I outline, I'm definitely not a heavy outline. I'm probably somewhere in the middle. Um, I, I outline enough to get myself going. And then yeah. I just keep outlining as I write the story, because I'll, I'll see something and go, Oh, I wonder what that is. And then I'll Google something and go, okay, not mm-hmm. right. So, yeah. And, and that's just me coming up with stuff on the fly and then having to do a little research. It is a little bit of a slower process, but it's just, it's just how I've done it forever. And, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's all, it's all based on how, how, how you get it done. Um, yeah. you know, some people are, are really good at, at just sitting down and they can go with, with almost no idea. They maybe have a little germ of a story going and they, they can just go with it. Um, and I, I have done pieces that I knew were shorter that way recently. Um, I did an anthology, which was a, a sort of a um, charitable thing for Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Um, they asked me if I wanted to be in it. I said, yes, I don't have anything, but boom, I can, I can bang this out. I didn't outline. I didn't do anything. I just said, okay, here's where, here's where I'm starting. Go. And it just came to me as I was going. So if you're practiced at it and you're good at it, you don't need much, but in my world, I kind of need the I need the skeleton to follow. Yeah, no, no, and I more power to you. I mean, I I I I just find like that much outlining and research exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> I will I tell you this though, I did I I always and you this is you know touching off what you said visually. I always find a stock image or a picture of a celebrity or a picture of somebody that I think looks like the character. Sure. Um, so if I, you know, in my mind, create a bad guy, I'll go get a picture of a bad guy. Yeah. And so I have a, I have a document and it's got all their pictures. You know, this is so-and-so, this is what Ryan looks like. This is what Megan looks like. And that way I, it almost informs their character too. You know, not long ago, I used Danny DeVito as one of the characters. And that just comes with a whole weight of, of informed character. You yeah. know what he sounds like, you know what he looks like, you know what he acts like the whole bit. And I didn't have to do any kind of character sketch or profile of this guy at all. I just had it because I had the visual right there with me. Yeah. I mean, I saw an image of John Krasinski looking all badass in his military kit uh, from (laughs) one of his more recent movies. I think it was 13 hours, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And he just he just looked like a badass. And I'm like, but I know underneath that is still Jim. Yep. So (laughs) he'll always be Jim. Yeah. So but I love the idea of that, like melding of the minds, like. Yeah, a, a guy that still has a juvenile sense of humor, but knows when to switch it off when he has to. Yeah, and that is like Jack Riley to a T. He's just yeah. he's just like John, but it's just I just I saw that and I'm like, man, the personality that that guy has, um, or the I guess just the depth of his acting skills. I'm like, man, this guy would be perfect as this character. And I'm like, I could, I yeah. could see that. I, I could see it in my head. And I'm like, you know, got another guy's like Chris Pratt, same thing. You know, he can be, yeah. he can, he mm-hmm. can be James Reese and then yeah. he can also be Star-Lord. So I That's mean, right. he's, he's got that like perfect, like balance of what he can. He's not like pigeonholed into the, yeah. um, like De Niro Pacino, where you have an expectation of what character he's going to play. Right. Um, so it's like yep. even in even in like the uh, uh, um, like the the Meet the Fockers and Meet the Family series, 
De Niro played kind of a very De Niro character. Yeah, yeah. He still has a little bit of that comic, you know, in him. So it's like right. he, he's still he's a good enough actor. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from him, but he still has like that expected De Niro characteristic. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, when you see him, you know what he sounds like, and you know what he's yeah. gonna do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You expect a certain kind of gangster, badass, just like De Niro, yeah. like no nonsense, <laughs> you know. So yeah. I mean, I get it, I get it. And that's when I saw John, and, and, and just that specific image, I'm like, man, seeing him like that, I'm like, because I I know what his 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 like, I don't want to say his true personality. I don't know the guy. But well, like, yeah. I know like his his more classic personality is a goofball. And right, exactly. He was, he was great at it. And then he comes yeah. out as an action star nowadays and he's great at it. And I'm like, yeah. okay. So yeah. like, maybe that's maybe that's what I'm going for. Maybe that's what I'm shooting for. And like you said, yeah. Just, yeah. the one image can drive an entire in this case, an entire series because it just inspired the character. Do you, did you have that uh, with uh, Troy and Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Funny story about Troy. Um, there was no desire on the front end of my writing Troy and the series to write that series. Um, okay. We we visit my family visits Polly's Island every year. We it's in South Carolina, and we it's the same house, same everything. My parents-in-law go, my sister-in-law and her family go, we go with our kids. So it's just a big house and we all stay together on the beach mm -hmm. every year. So we're there one year and a hurricane is coming, but it never got really close to us, but it just rained all week. Um, so we were forced <laughs> to sit inside and just interact with each other, you know, hard, yeah. to, hard to beat. But yeah. it was a fun week and we were sitting at a, at a table where we can see out to the ocean and see a guy in the middle of this pouring rain fishing. So this guy is basically probably six foot two. He's got sort of hair that's about your length. It's kind of, he's got kind of a dark beard. He's got his blue Costa sunglasses on and he has a cowboy hat, a straw cowboy hat. And he's <laughs> just fishing and he's just fishing every day. And so it became a little bit of a game for us to say, what is this? Who is this guy? What's he doing out there? Why, who would, why would you be out there in the rain like this? They're like, well, you know, that's what he's got to do. We don't have anything to do. So he became Troy. And, and it just became, we just said, well, his, his name, he looks like a Troy. This guy looks like Troy Bodine, you know, and it had kind of a mm -hmm. South Carolina look to it and yeah. feel to it. And, and then we just kind of added to it. All of a sudden, the son comes out, the rest of his family's there, and they match him exactly. They look like Troy Bodine's family, and they're a little bit on the, the country redneck side. And so he had a little bit of that flair to him. Well, we get back from the beach and I'm like, I'm just going to write this down. I'm just going to write a little bit of this down. And I wrote like a chapter or two and gave it to my wife. She's like, this is hilarious. And I gave it to my mother-in-law who was there and saw Troy. And she was like, you've got to write, write the rest of this. So three years later, I finished this, this Troy book. And I'm like, I'm going to uh, get it printed. I'm going to package it. And I'm going to get everybody that was there a copy of it. And that that was my intent. There was no intent to write the rest of the series, no nothing. And that book exploded um, out of nowhere. I had no idea what self-publishing was. I had no idea about any of the, the things you do to make a book go. I had no idea about, and in fact, AMS ads at that time, I don't think even existed. I but I had, no, I had no input on it whatsoever, but it just took off. How long and ago was this? 2017 or 16, okay. I think it was 2017. All right. So AMS ads, ads may have been out. I can't remember, but I didn't know. I had no clue about any of it. 
And so, of course, I'm thinking, well, I guess I could write another one. I could maybe write a, a sequel. And I had years before that had an idea about a book. So I just shoehorned Troy into that book and wrote a second one really quickly, like four months, which for me was really quickly. So four months later, the next one comes out and it just it skyrockets again. I'm just like, this is madness. I have I've come out of nowhere and I started Googling, you know, like uh, all the self-publishing gurus and all the self-publishing, you know, methods and all this. So that's about when I started to get into the actual sort of self-publishing sphere of, of people, you know, all the sure. Facebook groups and all the, the YouTube channels and things like that. And that's when I start, said, I think I can like I can keep doing this. You know, I think I can write another one and another one. And I got to where I really was writing them very quickly and probably in the middle of the series suffers because I was just like, oh, it's got to be. It's got to be right now. I got to get this out now. And that first giant mountain of explosion has definitely tailed off. So I have no idea what I could do or could have done to keep it going. Mm -hmm. But I probably missed it just being naive, not knowing what to do. Sure. Um, and, you know, I didn't have a lot of books in the series. I mean, I had to sort of try and write them really fast. Yeah. And so yeah. now I've, you know, backed off yeah. of it a little bit. Yeah, I was in that kind of, um, I don't want to call it a trap, but it, it might be where you're like, I don't want to be that author that writes a book every two years in my series. Right. And it's like, because momentum, this, whatever. See, the big dogs can do it because yeah. they have tens of thousands of dollars in publisher you know, money behind them marketing, when it comes to advertising. Yeah. yeah, marketing, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and some of the big time authors only write a single book a year yeah. or release a single book a year. And I'm like, that's not why I do that. That <laughs> to me yeah. is like, yes, are you a full-time author? Sure, that's all that you do for income, <laughs> but no, you're not a full-time author. Right, yeah. Like, I don't want to do that. I want to I yeah. want to write. And it's like, I want to write these books. I want to put them out. I want to, you know, yeah. am I publishing as fast as I used to? No, when I was self-pubbing, man, I was putting out five, six books a year. And yeah. it was like, granted, my books were shorter back then. My books have definitely gotten... Yeah, Lord, at large, <laughs> they've mm -hmm, gotten, same, they've gotten yeah. pretty big the last uh, yeah. the last couple of years, and um, not by design. It's just, yeah, you know, I've talked about it on other shows. I think it's just the evolution in your work, you know, in, in your writing. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I I don't want to do that. So it's like, but yeah. it's it, it's also like, how much can you write? to the point to where you're a not exhausting yourself, but B you're not yeah. exhausting your, uh, your options, mm -hmm. you know? And that's the thing is it's like, I, I, that is the the bad thing. I guess in my case, the single bad thing about focusing specifically on one genre is you, you have to be careful what source material you're using because you're like, okay, like I'm starting a new series with Nick, with Nick Thacker called the Zara Kane adventures. Um, and they're the archaeological thrillers that him and I love writing, but, yeah. um, it's the exact same style of book as my Jack Riley series, just new cast, new adventures. Um, those yeah. are also just a little bit, just that like little bit. Jack is PG 13 mm -hmm. ish. Zara is PG 13 yeah. with like two ishes. Yeah. <laughs> that series is a little rougher on the edges, yeah. but so is her character. So it, yeah. they, they mirror each other, but it's yeah. like, uh, 
I have to be careful that I'm not like crossing paths with. Yeah. Like, so it's like you you can kind of step on your own feet, I guess. Um, yeah. But it's also, I guess, what my readers expect of me. <laughs> that's right. That's what they love you for. That's what yeah. they want. That's what they want. That's exactly. It. Exactly. That's it. exactly. So yeah, uh, yeah go ahead. I, I, I'd be interested to read that series. <laughs> yeah. You have yeah, to let me know was, when it comes out. Yeah. Uh, so Nick is finalizing edits on um, the, it's technically the first two books of the series. Uh, I've mentioned this once or twice before uh, with a few, with uh, on a couple other episodes, but uh, I uh, was, I challenged myself writing that first draft to, because yeah. um, this is something that, that, Nick and I wanted to produce together um, with all of the influence that he's giving me as far as uh, uh, locations, characters, you know, a lot of the research on it. Um, mm -hmm. I told him with you and I partnering together, two well-established authors in this specific genre, I want this to be a like massive unveiling. Like I want this to be like, holy cow, like moment yeah. from the readers. Right. That was like my idea. And mm -hmm. I said, I am going to introduce Zara in an entirely ridiculous way. So I, I pictured a massive Indiana Jones opening where mm -hmm. it's just like nutty. Yeah. It has nothing to do with the story, but it's just this introduction to the character. So you fall in love with Zara yeah. without the adventure even starting. So that's I'm like, that's okay, like the, yeah. the movie version of a prologue, you know, that, yeah. that whole thing with... Yeah, it basically introduced Indiana, it introduced Belloc, it introduced the whole idea that he's an archaeologist, and it had yeah. nothing to do with the rest of it. Yeah. And you never saw the Golden Fertility Idol ever again. Nope. <laughs> well, what did it show up in? It showed up in something. I forget. You know, those. it's always an Easter egg, but it's an Easter egg somewhere. I'll, have to, yeah. I'll look it up for you. But Yeah, like, but it wasn't, it had nothing to do with the main actual storyline. Nope. It was Arkham right. Covenant and the Nazis. So it's like... The prologue, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wrote this five-chapter prologue. Yeah. <laughs> I literally wrote a 11,000 word prologue. That's okay. That's good. And Nick is like, dude, you, what are you doing? I'm like, <laughs> it's really good. It's like, I am never, ever, 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 ever going to stop for the length of, or for, for the purpose of time. No, I'm never going to stop because it's gotten too long or it's gotten too big. I'm just going to write yeah. it because that's, that's what, that's what the scene is. That's what yeah. it means. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, <sighs> <laughs> and he's like dude the word file is 130,000 words he goes we don't do oh yeah and don't I'm let like, him don't let him talk you out of it he's written some long stuff too yeah no but <laughs> so what what we decided was it and it would actually benefit to release the prologue uh as a short story introduction yeah on its own so we can use yeah. that so we're we we pulled the prologue from the story um, beefed it up more, made it longer, made it into like a novelette. Yeah. And um, we are going to release it as its own kind of short, short story. So basically book zero of the yeah. series. And uh, it, it ended up being a really good idea because I, I understood from the marketing standpoint that, yeah, it, it, it's kind of like, I thought this book was about, it's called the Anubis plague. I thought this yeah. book was about ancient Egypt and a ancient plague. And instead it's drops Zara in the middle of the Amazon. 
<laughs> so it's like, <laughs> what? Makes makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, so I, I get it. I understand it. And I actually yeah. like the idea. I was actually like very, very happy with it. Like we were trying to figure it out. And I'm like, oh, let's just release it separately and give the give the readers a, a, a small little taste on who she is. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's another book for the readers. So that's why right. Not? Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I totally get it. I get a little off, a little off the rails with uh, certain scenes, like certain scenes that should take a chapter. <laughs> they sometimes take three. Uh, it's because I, I, I write in scenes and when the scene's over, yeah, the scene's yeah, over. Yeah, I, I, yeah I just, exactly. You know, I split it up by chapters because I have to, not because I want to. <laughs> right. Exactly. Got to give them a, be, a bathroom break. Or you can be like Matthew <laughs> Riley and you don't even use chapters. That's right. Just straight on through. That's that's one thing that's so weird about his books in the best way possible is that he does, you know, the bold header for each chapter. Yeah, exactly. There is, no, there is no chapter numbers. Not a break. Yeah, it's just a yeah, continuation. No, and, and, and yeah, I mean, when you think about it, it's like genius to do that because then it's just read. There's no, yeah. Yeah. There's no stop. I used to love that every now and then, too, in his books, you'd come up to a diagram. You know, it'd yeah. be like you're you're in this temple in this whatever underground thing. And here's a diagram. Here's what it looks like. So you see and that I, a lot in those. When I when I first saw that in uh, Seven Deadly Wonders. Seven Wonders of the World or whatever it was called. Yeah, yeah, it's Seven Deadly Wonders. I was looking. Seven Deadly it. Wonders, that's it. Yeah, seven when I first saw the map, I'm like, oh, this is going to be pretty involved, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm like, when the author gives you a map of the location yeah. they're traveling to, oh, boy. So. Yeah. But that just, tells you how, that just tells you how big he thinks. Like, Yeah, exactly. When yeah. it's that big that you need a map. That's insane. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, that'd be mm -hmm. kind of cool. I'm like, I don't really want to do any kind of artwork. <laughs> like, I have to hire somebody because I ain't doing it. Oh, I'm man. With that. Uh, go to Fiverr. There's 10,000 people that'll do it for you. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's what I've I've had other authors tell me they use that. So, I mean, I get it. I understand. Um, so uh, stuff outside of work, like obviously, mm -hmm. you know, um, you've been doing the the tennis thing. Um, yeah. Pretty much your entire adult life. Um, yeah. Uh, besides that, is there anything else like that you do just to kind of get away from the keyboard? Yeah. I mean, I play a little bit of golf too. Um, I'm definitely not what you would call a golfer. Um, yeah. I, I play tennis. I play pickleball. Um, I don't often play tennis for fun anymore. Um, this is my 24th year of teaching tennis. So I just kind of, it's become the job and sure. I don't really do it for fun much anymore, but you know, it's, it's a lot about the family things. You know, I had a birthday not too long ago. My wife said, what do you want to do? I said, you know, I just want to just let's just all go away for the weekend. And we went to uh, near us in uh, Tennessee. There's a place called Pigeon Forge, yeah. which is sort of the Dollywood, you know, Dolly Parton capital of the world. Yeah, and we went. Yeah. So we, we stayed at a water park place called the Wilderness. Yep. And it didn't matter if it rains or shines because they've got an indoor park and the whole bit. And then right across the street, there's another park. And so we just we just had a good old time just doing water park stuff for the entire weekend. Um, so that's it. That was a great, that was a great thing for us just to be like away from the house and still just have a great time as a family. So it's a lot about that for me these days, just getting away and doing something and family days are a big part of that. Yeah. That was my big thing for um, finally quitting my day job is yeah. I was working 40 or 50 hours a week, um, working a lot of mid shifts. So kids are in school. Mm -hmm. So they went to school early in the morning. I wouldn't get home until God knows when. Yeah. Um, wife stressed out. I'm stressed out because she's stressed out. She's stressed out because I'm stressed out. <laughs> kids are just everywhere because we're not yeah. me. Like this is, of course, my awful thinking. 
I'm not involved. I'm not there enough. Yeah. And it was like one of those things where I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, yeah. You know, the, the one thing that I, not the one thing, the million things that I've learned from my dad, but the one thing I've learned from my dad that I took away from him the most was he's he was a very successful businessman, did great in his life. But the one thing that he told me is he goes, I wish I would have gotten out of it 10 years earlier. Yeah. Um, because he got out of most of his ventures uh, when I was in high school. Mm. And so he's just like, there's times where, and he was a very hands-on owner. So he, he would rather do it himself than pay someone else. Yeah. And uh, that was just a, his work ethic. But, uh, yeah. you know, and I, and I, I, I took that to heart because, I mean, the guy, he, he did a lot of great. But the one thing that he didn't do well in his eyes was he wanted to be around us more, you know, growing yeah. up. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I love my girls to death, you know, especially at their ages right now. I'm like, I, I, even if I'm here and I'm like working and I'm doing something and they're here, I'm, I'm here, I'm present, Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's big for me is it's just being present. And, um, you know, when I got the opportunity to do this and to, um, you know, to hop on with Nick and, and conundrum publishing, yeah. um, and now I'm doing the show and I'm writing full time. It's, it's, it's been a blessing. It's been great. Uh, and yet I'm still jacking up my lower back, even though I'm not lifting anything heavy anymore. <laughs> it's really annoying. Like I messed up it, my back last Sunday sitting in church. Um, it gets worse, man. <laughs> I, I, it gets I, much worse. <laughs> I'm literally watching the message in church and I lean weird and I feel sick. Yeah. I, have, I already have a herniated. Oh, yeah, I, I have a herniated disc like down above my, basically my oh, butt gosh. crack. It's like yeah. way down and it doesn't take, like I sneeze wrong and I'm down for a week and <laughs> That's actually uh, how I herniated it. I actually oh, herniated no. it sneezing. Um, oh, gosh. Yeah. I, my little one was like, well, now my older one, my little, when she was mm. little, was, you know, doing the figure eight between your legs. And mm -hmm. I was holding a hot cup of coffee and I sneezed. And oh. to not spill it on her, yes. I locked my body up and felt my lower back blow out. Oh, no. So, yes, mm. I threw out my lower back, blew out a disc, <laughs> herniated the disc. Because sneezing. of sneezing. Yeah. yeah. Well, and ever since then, it's just been jacked up. It's been gone. And now yeah. I leaned wrong in church, felt the nerve kind of pinch. And I'm like, oh, that's going to hurt. Yeah. That's going to, I'm going to pay for that later. Yeah. And I'm not, I didn't even do yeah. anything. I'm like, come on. It's like <laughs> aggravating it while working. I get it. You're doing something. Yeah. You're lifting. You're doing yeah, whatever. Exactly. But, and I was sitting. Mm -hmm. I was sitting. That's why I live vicariously through my characters. I'm just, that's right. <laughs> I can't never gets anything. injured. Never gets it. Well, no, see, so he gets. J Jack that's right. gets the crap kicked out of him, but uh, I, it's... Troy. Troy has a bad knee, so that maybe that's part of uh, that's part of me coming through him. Yeah, and there was always there. That's so. It's funny. It's funny that that comes up. Uh, there's like uh, there's one thing I always try to tell people is so like we were talking about the character driven stories, and um, I want like that's why I'm so enthralled with the the terminal list right now. Is, oh yeah. Is the re the realness of James mm -hmm. Reese. The yeah. realness of that dude, what he's going through mentally, the the trauma that he's going through. And it has nothing to do with armed services. You know, the beginning episode, I don't want to ruin his life yeah. getting absolutely obliterated. Like, but the realness of it where you see him struggle mentally, you see him struggle yeah. physically, he's bloodied, he's beat up. Like Indy, he was always got something yeah. going on. And yeah. it's like, I learned... Like that's super important. Like you can't mm -hmm. always have the man of steel as your right. main character. Like something has to happen. Yep. And being able to humanize that character and really make him like normal is yeah. super important. I mean, if there's anybody watching this that is like getting into writing or struggling in writing, 
Like that is the one thing takeaway that I can give you is humanize your character to the point to where he is just yeah. a guy. He's just a dude. Yep. Maybe That's he's right. better at something than someone else, but he can't, he can't be great at everything. He can't be the nineties right. action hero. You know, he can't be the Stallones <laughs> and Schwarzeneggers that have no faults, you know? That's right. And it, yeah, that's, they have to be relatable. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they do. They do. Especially yeah. when like you're, 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 especially like, like, so like in your case, Troy's just kind of like a guy. He's like the everyday He's the guy. guy. Yeah. 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 Like J Jack has more specialty behind him because he was a Delta operator at one point, but uh, retired because of massive bouts with PTSD. And yeah, yeah. just, he was his, he lived as, you know, this demon in his own head. Like yeah. uh, for, first few books, he's like battling with that, with like, with nightmares and depression and, like there's, you know, there's a lot of realism in his character because I, 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 I want people to feel sorry for this guy and yeah. be like, man, this guy struggled. And, but it's also yeah, kind of a story tough. of redemption, you know, mm -hmm. you know, he, yeah, that's Troy, you know, he's Troy was in the military for like, um, you know, one, one campaign or one service, uh, uh, tour. One tour, yeah, one tour. but he, but he, um, ruined his knee. So he was discharged. So he never became, you know, a super soldier. He never became mm -hmm. the Captain America of the of his unit. And so he came he comes back and he has enough skills that if he happens to find himself in a place where he needs to use a gun, he can use the gun. But he's mm -hmm. not, you know, he's certainly not James Bond or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Jack was in Jack was in the military from the day he graduated high school. And okay. um was in Delta for over a decade. And yeah. uh, so he was, he was very, very, very good at uh, exterminating with extreme prejudice. And, <laughs> um, and he did so for the love of his country and for the love of freedom, that type of thing. Like the, the, right. the, the very cliched mantra, but uh, I like that. Um, after a horrible mission uh, in Iraq and Mosul uh, during, um, I think it was Operation Freedom. It may have been. It was in 2016. But uh, okay. it's the only time I've actually dated the, the series at all. But it was just his origin. So I needed like a grounded yeah, um, exactly. event. A grounded event. And mm -hmm. um, went after a, uh, one of the Al-Qaeda uh, leaders. And uh, the guy's using his six children as human shields. Yeah. And um, so a very realistic scenario um, sure. based on... Yeah everything but yeah. uh uh jack witnesses one of them basically detonate a vest instead of mm. follow his father and it ruined jack uh mentally he retired he was out he was injured he's just like i'm done and then that event just kept plaguing his mind as the years had gone by and yeah. uh, it was kind of one of those things where it was like his grounding his story his background was as realistic as i could make it to where you were like heartbroken for this dude and yeah. then by the end of the first book you were like cheering him on because he was like you know, Jack's back. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was and, succeeding. Uh, yeah, he's coming. Yeah, back. and that, that was very purposeful because I wanted yeah. to make him real. I, you know, I, I wanted him to be a badass. I wanted yeah. him to be an action hero, but at the same time, I wanted to show people that he's an emotional wreck. Yeah, and, you know, and now he's just a goofball because he's kind of back to where he used to be. Like he's back into like, even he realizes that. Wow, I haven't felt this way in a long time because I've been so yeah. like, heart. You know in my yeah. own head and depressed. And he's even realizing the healing that has happened as he's gotten kind of his life back together. Yeah. But, um, so kind of come to the point of the show where <laughs> I am going to remind people to subscribe and like it. So mm -hmm. yes, I'm, I'm getting better at the whole YouTube thing, but, uh, <laughs> I also would love to have a, um, book recommendation for you. So first I want to know of yours, if yes. there's a book uh, that you want somebody to check out, that would like mm. this is a 
David Barron's novel, um, mm -hmm. what would you suggest? The, the Troy Bodine series is linear so that he is traveling through time, you know, and it, just like the rest of us, but each uh, book is a complete story. So you don't necessarily have to read them in order. Okay. I personally think the best one is Gator Wave, okay. or not Gator Wave, sorry, Gator Bite. So Gator Bite is the most current book. It's the latest one before the next one, which is in progress. And it is, in my opinion, it's the one where I got most of it right. You know, there, there are flaws in all of them. There are always going to be flaws. Sure. But this is the best one, I think. So Gator Bite is probably the best one, if you ask me. Okay, cool. Very good. Yeah. Very good. And mm -hmm. uh, what about a recommendation penned by uh, one of your peers? You know what? I just finished uh, Cosiga, the Cosiga sequence, oh, um, okay. which is actually which is actually sort of a box set of, and I, I apologize, I can't remember what the first title um, was, but they all say Cosiga, uh, and it's by Brant Leg, and it is very um, archaeological action adventure. And I, like I said, I happened to see that he had a sale on his box set and I grabbed it and I read it, I mean, cover to cover on my Kindle without, without stopping. So it's, yeah. I highly recommend that. I'm pulling it up right now. I got it. Uh, okay. Yeah. Cosiga. Uh, I, I think yeah, the Cosiga sequence is the series. The first book would be Cosiga search. Okay. Um, there you go. So yeah, that's the yeah. first book in the series. Cool. Great, great pacing. It's got some archaeological thriller stuff to it. It's got, um, you know, it's kind of action adventure. It's got all the stuff. And it is one of those books that starts fast and, and keeps going. So if you okay. like a good, good, quick pace, it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually reading some of the, um, uh, the blurbs that he's picked up from people. And I mean, Indiana Jones meets Jason Bourne um yeah x files mm -hmm. meets da vinci code on the way to tom clancy's house um, <laughs> so i mean there's there's definitely yeah mm -hmm. there's definitely some attraction even on my end that i might have to take a look at this it's that's uh that's intriguing cool cool it's, yeah it's, it's well done anytime yeah. you anytime someone says archaeological thriller with fast-paced action i'm like what yeah oh i'll take that i'll <laughs> yeah, have one I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm so like buried in the best way possible in this genre that I'm like, mm -hmm. I tell people, I'm like, I'm so like, like, this is it. This is what I, I love. And they're like, yeah. wow. I'm like, no, I, I limped into this decision a while ago because I went back and forth. And then as yeah. just as years went by, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like, I have all these great stories or at least what I believe are great stories that I want to tell, yeah. but they don't fit the genre. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like, I'm not, mm. I mean, I'll, I'll just, I'll put it aside for another time. Maybe I'll develop yeah. a pen. Maybe I'll develop a pen name. Who knows? Mm. Um, I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I would always, you know, suggest people pick up the forgotten fortune, the first book of the Jack Riley series uh, for me. Um, oh yeah. That's, uh, that's my baby. That's my bread and butter. Do look yeah. out for uh, the uh, empire lost, which is going to be the short story introduction to Zara Kane. Okay. and uh anubis plague which will be the actual first book of the series um look out for those uh if you like what we've been talking about for the last hour as far as these action adventure you know fast-paced action books you know for me specifically yeah. they always historically based lots of archaeological kind of mm -hmm. uh, uh treatment but um books from another author i would actually suggest uh one of my um, past co-authors which is uh david wood in his dane maddox series 
Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So Dane and Bones, um, great series, mm -hmm. former Navy SEALs. Now they're professional treasure hunters who work out of the Keys down here in yep. Florida. Um, wonderful series. I was fortunate enough to pen four titles with Dave. Um, oh yeah. One in the Dane Matic Expanded Universe, and then three in the uh, Bones Bone Break um, uh, side stories. So yeah. um, really great, really rompy adventures, uh, fast paced, yeah. start to finish. Uh, can't say good enough things about Dave. He's been he's been amazing for me uh, and to me. Um, great opportunity that I was given to uh, to kind of hop on and do that. I do plan on writing more in the Bones Bone Break uh, side stories. Uh, I just need to find time to do it. Um, <laughs> but uh, my plan is to do that. I just need to find okay. time to do that. And I feel bad. That's right. I, I have some ideas. But uh, Dave, I wanted to say thank you so much for hopping on. This was awesome. Uh, where can uh, people find you online if they have uh, more questions? Yeah, my website is baronsbooks.com. So barons, B-E-R-E-N-S, books.com. Very simple to find. I'm on Amazon, of course. I am exclusive to Amazon. So if you go to Amazon and type in David Barons, you'll mm -hmm. pull up everything in my catalog. And if yep. you want to check out more of the website. So. Cool, cool, cool. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can find this uh, show on YouTube on the uh, Conundrum Publishing page. Uh, just look for Real Life Fiction and uh, you'll be able to find this show in subsequent episodes. You can also find me at mattjamesauthor.com. I do have uh, tabs up at the top of my website with uh, links to the uh, YouTube uh, site and links uh, for the audio podcast. Um, so if anybody has any questions there, you can always email me uh, at, at down at the bottom. It's just matt at mattjamesauthor.com. I'm also all over social media when it comes to like Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So if you have any questions, I'm always available. Uh, I get back to people as quickly as humanly possible because I do value the interaction between me and my readers. Yeah. Um, it's, it, it's, I'm lost without them. Obviously we yeah. all are. So, uh, Absolutely. please, 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 like I said, subscribe, uh, let me know what you think down in the comments below. I love doing these shows. I love being able to talk to guys like Dave. And, uh, with that, Dave, I, I will say goodbye. Thank you for so much for coming on. And, no, no, um, thank you. It's great. Oh, yeah. It's good fun. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I will, uh, I'll see you next time, bud. Sounds good.